الله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئه اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah, we praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds. Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray and whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide him. I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone and that he has no partners or associates and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger this evening bi ta'ala in this lecture number 46 from the sharh or explanation of kitab al-tawheed alladhi huwa haqqullah ala al-abid ma'al imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab ibn Sulaiman Al-Tamimi Al-Najdi Rahimahullah We have reached the chapter entitled Bab Ma Ja'a Fi Al-Law yani What has been reported concerning the saying that someone says concerning something that has happened a calamity or disaster or something that has befallen them they said Law If if I had done so and so, or if I had not done such and such. This chapter, Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullah, has mentioned as it was explained by Sheikh Abdul Aziz ibn Abdullah ibn Baz rahimahullah in his ta'aliqat or his brief comments concerning Kitab al-Tawheed. He said that what has been reported concerning Lao he means by that what is the hukum or what is the ruling, the legal ruling concerning the use of this word. Is it lawful, ya Jews, or it is not lawful? Then he said, what is intended by this is that one should know that it is not proper to use this word as an expression of resistance or opposition or rejection of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed. It is not proper to use this word as an expression of one's rejection of what has happened, the calamity that has befallen, when we know that it is what Allah has decreed. But instead it is obligatory. يَجِبُوا التسليم والصبر وعدم المعارضة للقدر بِكَلِمَةِ لَوْ عِنْدَ مَوْتْ قَرِيبٍ أو مرض أو مصيبة يعني what is expected from the believer is that one should submit oneself submission and acceptance and الصبر patience and that one should not oppose or resist the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by using this word if if such and such if so and so if I had or if I had not at the time when a near relative dies or when someone is sick or when a calamity has befallen someone. 
And then he says in his comments concerning the ayats of this chapter that the use of this expression in this way it is from the characteristics or the affair of the munafiqeen, the hypocrites. That is the way that they saw it. And the reason why it is from the affair of the munafiqeen is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what he has decreed it is yani a matter of the past. And what he executes it has to be done. Therefore the believer should take the necessary means to achieve the objectives. However, once the qada of Allah, yani the execution of Allah's qadr, once it is executed, then it is not for the believer to oppose it, to resist it, or to reject it. He also made a number of other comments. However, for the consideration of time, the last thing he said, which is very important, and perhaps similar comments have been made by other scholars, if time allows, he said, that is the general ruling, that using the expression Lao, when one rejected or resists or opposes that which Allah has decreed, they are not pleased with it. He said, it is not allowed. As for the use of this word, لِبَيَان مَا يَنْبَغِي Yani if somebody wanted to clarify a matter that is better or that is expected or required what should have been done or what should be done لِبَيَانْ مَا يَنْبَغِي what is expected like the saying of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam لَوْ إِسْتَقْبَلْتُ مِنْ أَمْرِي مَا إِسْتَدْبَرْتُ Yani in reference to Hajj the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that in the future if I was faced with this same matter yani that which has already passed by then I would not have brought the hadji, the sacrificial animal with me. Meaning, I would have come without the animal, and therefore I would have performed umrah, and got out of ihram, and then entered ihram again, as he ordered his companions who didn't have a sacrifice. He said, if in the future I was faced with this as what I was faced with, then I would have done such and such and so and so. If. In this case, it was, if was used for the purpose of bayan, mayambari. What should have been done? What is afdal? What is better? Yani, it is better. If I was faced with in the future, then this is what I would do, because this is preferable. He also said that to use it in this way, it is not a resistance or an opposition. It is not in resistance or an opposition, but it is for clarification of that which is afdal, what is preferable or better. And similarly, the saying of someone who says, if I had known that such and such would have happened, I would have done such and such and so and so to clarify to the people what is better. Yani, a person after they see what has happened, not because they are rejecting Allah's decree, they accept it, but now they came to know what is better and they say it as a means of clarification of what is better, that it would have been better to do this. Only for means of clarification, not in rejection of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed. Likewise, the saying of the one who says, if I had known that so-and-so was sick, I would have visited him. And if I had known that he was sick, I didn't know he was sick. And now he came out of the hospital and he's well. Had I known he was sick, I would have visited him. Not that I am rejecting the divine decree, but for clarification that it was more proper that I should have visited him. If I had known, then I would have visited him. That is the best thing that should have been done. Should have been done. Uh, And he said, and other similar situations like this, where one expresses their regret about something that has passed them, 
not as an expression of rejection of Allah's decree, but only for clarification of what is better. He said this is not, con- is not under the title of what is being discussed in this chapter, but what is rejected or what is prohibited from the use of law, it is using it as an expression of resistance or opposition or rejection yani, of Allah's decree. Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullah in this chapter Bab Maja'a fi al-law what has been narrated concerning the use of the expression or the word law if he said he mentions three evidences two ayats from the Quran and the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the first ayah that he mentions is from Surah Al-Ali Imran chapter 3 verse 154 and the shahid, or the point in reference here, the point that is of importance in this ayat, is what Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab has mentioned. In the text of his book, he said, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which he narrates from those hypocrites who were amongst the Muslims at the time of the battle of Uhud, and what they said concerning the believers who went forth, who went out of Medina to fight against the pagan disbelievers instead of remaining behind as they wanted to do, the hypocrites. They said concerning, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says concerning them, يَقُولُونَ لَوْ كَانَ لَنَا مِنَ الْأَمْرِ شَيْءٌ مَا قُلْتِلْنَا هَاهُنَا يَقُولُونَ They say, لَوْ كَانَ لَنَا مِنَ الْأَمْرِ شَيْءٌ If we had any authority in the matter, لَوْ كَانَ لَنَا مِنَ الْأَمْرِ شَيْءٌ If we had any authority in the matter, مَا قُلْتِلْنَا هَاهُنَا We would not have been killed here. Yani we, we would not have gone forth. We would have not gone out of Medina and we would not have been killed. Yani those who were killed would not have been killed. If they had listened to us. If, they, if we had the authority to decide, we would have stayed here and we would not have been killed. Yani as though their action or their decision would have prevented what Allah had already decreed. Yani there is no escape from it. Allah has already decreed it. Whatever, it would not be changed. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, although the Shaykh in the, Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab doesn't mention it in the book, but after that, yani, the ayah goes on to say that which is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refused them. He said, قُلْ لَوْ كُنْتُمْ فِي بُيُوتِكُمْ لَبَرَزَ الَّذِينَ قُتِبَ عَلَيْهِمْ الْقَطْلِ إِلَى مَضَاجِعِهِمْ Yani that, if you would have remained behind in your homes, even if you had stayed behind in Medina and not gone out of the city, as you suggested, then those whom death had been written for, or had been decreed for in Allah's decree, they would have gone forth to their death anyway. Yani as Allah decreed it, it would have happened, even if they would have attempted to remain behind. Sheikh Muhammad bin Abdul Aziz al-Qara'awi, Hafizahullah, in his book Al-Jadid, the explanation of Kitab al-Tawheed, he says in the general explanation of this ayat, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds the believers of his favor upon them, his ni'mah upon them, and in this incident of the battle of Uhud, when he sent down upon them nu'as, yani slumber, after they had been in anxiety and stress and worry because of what happened in that battle, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent upon them nu'as. And that was to relieve their thoughts and their minds and to rejuvenate their activity or their action, to rejuvenate them. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed that there was a group amongst them. Amongst the believers, there were another group of people, and they did not share with them 
the Iman, the belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They were munafiqeen. But in fact, they were more concerned about their lives. And for this reason, they questioned the Prophet sallallahu about their victory. Questioning him in a way that was an expression of their denial. That they didn't believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would give them a victory. And that it was something far-fetched that they could defeat the pagan disbelievers. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made clear the matter. That the matter is not in the hands. It is not with the Prophet ﷺ. It is not with his Prophet. But it is with him alone. That he gives success and victory to whomever he wills. And it is not for the Prophet ﷺ to say we will definitely be victorious or not. The matter is not with him. It is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If Allah wills, he will give the victory to whomever he wills. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala unveiled or uncovered their nifaq, their hypocrisy, informing them that they would not have faith or trust in the promise of Allah and the promise of the Messenger of Allah wasallam that they would have success. And they used as a proof the fact that they were killed or those who were killed in the Ghazwatul Uhud. Yani, that was their proof that they would not be victorious. That their victory over the disbelievers was something far-fetched. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala confirmed that everything that had happened, it was by the qada of Allah and his qadr. It was by the qada of Allah and his qadr. What had happened? Yani, the disobedience of those who disobeyed the Prophet ﷺ and therefore caused many of the Muslims to be killed in that occasion, all of this, it was all by Allah's divine decree. And he is the one who executed his decree. And that all of this, it was an examination, an empty hand, to test their sincerity, their ikhlas, and to bring forth or to show their reality, the reality of their inner beings. And the Shaykh says that from the benefits of this ayat, he mentions four. The first of them is that al-khayr wa sharr muqaddar min Allah azza wa jalla. That good and evil, it is all decreed by Allah. Whatever happens of good or whatever happens of evil, it is by Allah's decree. Cannot happen except that He has decreed it. Number two, an al-shada'id tuzhir al-haqayat. That difficulty and hardship, it brings forth and makes clear the reality of things. Yani the hypocrites, they showed themselves. When the situation became difficult and the, they were confronted with the battle, then that situation brought out their reality. And they began to question the Prophet ﷺ and question whether or not it was really possible that they could be victorious. Number three, that al-irtirad, questioning or rejection or opposition or resistance to the qadr of Allah, it is from the alamat and nifaq al-irtiqadi. Yani rejecting the qadr of Allah, resisting it, or rejecting it, or opposing it, it is of the signs of an nifaq al-i'tiqadi. It is not nifaq al-amali, not hypocrisy in actions, that somebody does the deeds of the hypocrites, but it is in their aqidah, it is that they are really hypocrites, kuffar, out of Islam. An nifaq al-i'tiqadi is the sign that the person is really a real hypocrite, and he is a kafir, out of Islam. Number four, الأسباب لا تمنع الأقدار That taking the means or taking precautions in a matter or taking the measures to achieve something لا تمنع الأقدار It cannot prevent what Allah has decreed. When Allah has decreed something it will be. Yani even if you take all precautions 
and use all type of defense measures, if Allah has decreed something, it's going to be in any case. It doesn't mean that the Muslim shouldn't take any the necessary measures. That is part of tawakkul ala Allah, that a person should do what is expected and what they have the ability to do. However, while doing that, we also have to keep in mind that when Allah has decreed a thing, it has to be. In the translation of this explanation, there is a fifth point. It's that sifat al-wajj, the confirmation of the characteristic of the faith for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it is not here in the original, and I don't know where it came from. And it's just as a note in the translation. Number, the, 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 then he says, the relationship of this ayat to the topic under discussion is that this ayat indicates the prohibition of resisting or opposing the qadr of Allah. Al-i'tirad al-qadr, resisting Allah's decree, it is prohibited according to this ayat. And the relationship of this ayat to tawheed is that this ayat indicates the obligation of al-istislam lil-qadai wal-qadr. That a Muslim, it is obligated on the believer to submit and surrender oneself to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has executed. Yani what he has caused to happen from what he has decreed. Because this is from the kamal of al-tawheed. Yani to do so, to submit to Allah's decree, it is from the perfection of al-tawheed. It is part of the perfection of al-tawheed. A person's tawheed is not perfect unless they submit to and accept the decree of Allah when it has been executed, no matter how difficult it may be to accept. The next ayat that he mentions is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also in Surah Ali Imran, chapter 3, verse 168. The saying of Allah concerning the disbelievers who are amongst the believers in the battle of Uhud, الَّذِينَ قَالُوا لِإِخْوَانِهِمْ وَقَعَدُوا لَوْ أَطَاعُونَا مَا قُتِلُوا those who said to their brothers, to the true believers who went out and fought in jihad, while they themselves sat down, remaining behind, that if they had obeyed us, now ata'una, if they had obeyed us, if they have listened to us, when we said stay behind in Medina, but they wanted to go forth, to go out and meet the enemy, if they had listened to us, ma qutilu, they would not have been killed. And if those who were killed were killed by the decree of Allah, if they had listened to them, they would not have been killed. قُلْ فَدْرَعُوا عَنْ أَنفُسِكُمَ الْمَوْتِ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refuted them by saying, then protect yourselves, or push, repulse from yourselves death, if indeed you are truthful. Nobody will be free from death, everyone must die. If you are truthful that you, ha- that you can take certain measures and certain means, and you can prevent what Allah has decreed, then repulse death from yourself. Don't die. The Shaykh says the general meaning of this ayat is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this ayat, informs us that what had taken place of the dispute between the believers and the hypocrites at the time when the hypocrites were afraid to go forth and they remained behind, sitting back from going forth in jihad and they rejoiced uh, over, those dispu- over those believers who were killed in the battle of Uhud and that defeat that the Muslims suffered on that occasion. They rejoiced over it. Uh, and that defeat, it was due, the, its reason was the yani, disobedience or the yani, failure to comply with the command of the Prophet They claimed, the disbelievers, the hypocrites, they claimed that the believers, if they had taken counsel from them and listened to them, and remain behind in Medina, they would have been safe. Yani they would have been safe and they would not have been killed. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala challenged them 
to save themselves from death if it befalls them, if death comes to them, if they are indeed truthful. He challenged them with this, yani their claim that al-hadr yunji min al-qadr, that if somebody takes precautions, then they will be saved from Allah's decree. Allah challenged them by saying, then save yourselves from death when it comes to you. The Shaykh mentions three benefits from this ayat. The first of them, Mashru'iyati al-jihad fi sabirillah, that it is legislated in the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make jihad in the way of Allah. Number two, the danger of the munafiqeen to the Muslims. Yani the presence of the munafiqeen amongst the Muslims is indeed a great danger. Number three, that al-hadr la yunji min al-qadr, yani the taking precautions, whatever precautions one may take, it cannot save you from what Allah has decreed, if He has decreed for you, yani that which would befall you. The relationship of this ayah to the chapter under the discussion is that this ayah indicates tahrim al-i'tirad al-qadr, yani that it is haram, it is forbidden to reject or to resist or to oppose the qadr of Allah after it has been executed. The relationship of this ayat to the general topic of a tawheed is that this ayat indicates the obligation of al istislam yani full surrender and submission to the execution when Allah executes that which he has decreed because this is from the perfection of a tawheed the last evidence that Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab mentions is the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa fi sahih an Abi Huraira radiyallahu anhu and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qal and it is reported in the Sahih and here he means the Sahih of Al-Imam Muslim from Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said ihris ala ma yanfa'uka wasta'in billah and here Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab has began the hadith from the point of reference that he is using as a proof in this matter however the beginning of the hadith which is also relevant the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said al-mu'min al-qawi خَيْرٌ وَأَحَبُّ إِلَى اللَّهِ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِ الْدَعِيفِ وَفِي كُلٍ خَيْرٌ That Al-Mu'min Al-Qawi, the, the strong believer, the one who is strong in his Iman, that he is better and more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than the Al-Mu'min Al-Da'if, the believer who is weak in his Iman. But in each of them there is khair. In the one who is Qawi and the one who is Da'if, there is khair in, each of the, in all of the believers. There is khair because he has Iman. Even if his iman is weak. Then the Prophet said, and this is the point of the hadith that Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab intended, Ihris ala ma yanfa'uka wasta'in billah. Seek ease eagerly, make an effort, exert yourself to achieve that which benefits you. Ma yanfa'uka. And some of the scholars yani, have given different explanations of what is meant by what benefits you. Some of them said that which benefits you in this world, as well as that which benefits you in the hereafter. However, the most important of that which benefits you, it is obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and seeking that which He has for the believers in the next life. That is what is of real benefit. That is the ultimate benefit. It is يعني, obedience to Allah. Seek to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that you may earn that which He has in store for the believers and that which He has prepared for them in Al-Jannah. Be eager in seeking and making a great effort to achieve that which benefits you. Wasta'in billah and seek help from Allah. Yani these two things the Prophet have joined together. Going after that which is beneficial, exerting oneself, making the effort, and at the same time along with that, al-isti'ana billah. Not just making a great effort, 
striving and struggling, but also you have to seek help from Allah. Because no matter whatever effort we make, it will never bear fruit unless we seek help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that which we are doing. So he said, go after that which is a benefit to you and seek help from Allah. وَلَا تَعْجِزًا وَلَا تَعْجِزًا And do not be helpless. Do not yani, feel that you cannot do it. That you are incapable of achieving that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants for the believers. Some of the narrations of Kitab al-Tawheed have narrated this expression. وَلَا تَعْجِزَنَّهُ وَالشَّدَّ on the noon And some of them have sukoon on the noon لَا تَعْجِزًا And this is the way the Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymin has explained it. وَلَا تَعْجِزًا And in, in any case, both of them mean ta'akid. وَلَا تَعْجِزًا وَلَا تَعْجِزَنَّهُ Both of them mean ta'akid. That is emphasis of certainty. Do not feel incapable. Do not be hopeless. وَإِنْ أَصَابَكَ شَيْءٌ فَلَا تَقُولْ لَوْ أَنِّي فَأَلْتُ كَذَا لَكَانَ كَذَا وَكَذَا And then the Prophet ﷺ said that if a person goes after that which is beneficial and seeks help from Allah and does not feel helpless or incapable of achieving then if وَإِنْ أَصَابَكَ شَيْءٌ And if something afflicts you or befalls you or something passes you by that you are trying to achieve and you don't achieve it وَإِنْ أَصَابَكَ شَيْءٌ فَلَا تَقُولْ لَوْ أَنِّي فَعَلْتُ كَذَا كَانَا كَذَا وَكَذَا That if I had done such and such, then it would have been like this and that. Don't say if you had did this or if you had not did this, done this, because indeed all of these, this expression or the use of this expression is an expression of one's rejection of what Allah has already decreed. Once it has happened, then we know it is Allah's decree and we have to, to accept it. Be patient with it. And better than that is to be pleased with it. Ar-Riva Allah. And better than that is a shukra To be thankful for what has befallen us even if it is a great calamity. فَلَا تَقُلْ It is prohibited. لَا تَقُلْ It is لَا نَاهِيَةً Prohibited. لَا تَقُلْ لَوْ أَنِّي فَعَلْتُ كَذَا If I had done so and so, then it would have been like such and such and so and so. And then the Prophet ﷺ told us what we should say. He told us what not to say and also told us what to say? What is good to say? وَلَكِنْ قُلْ But you should say قَدَّرَ اللَّهُ وَمَا شَاءَ فَعَلَ In some of the narrations, it is reported قَدَرُ اللَّهُ قَدَرُ اللَّهُ وَمَا شَاءَ فَعَلَ And in any case, the meaning is the same. قَدَرُ اللَّهُ When something befalls you, you say قَدَرُ اللَّهُ Meaning, هَذَا قَدَرُ اللَّهُ This is Allah's قَدَر وَقَدَّرَ اللَّهُ It is the fail. Allah has decreed this. وَمَا شَاءَ فَعَلَ And whatever he wills, then he has done it. Yani it is an expression of acceptance of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed. فَإِن فَإِنَّ لَوْ تَفْتَهُ عَمَلَ الشَّيْطَانِ Yani don't say this, لَوْ But say قَدَّرَ اللَّهُ Accept it, Allah has decreed it. فَإِنَّ لَوْ Because the word لَوْ Yani this idea, this expression that if I had done or if I had not done تَفْتَهُ عَمَلَ الشَّيْطَانِ This opens the works of shaitan. It opens the way to that which is from the a'mal shaitan. That a person will regret and have remorse and feel anxiety and sadness about what has happened. When the believer should not have remorse and grief and sadness, but the believer should be patient in what Allah has decreed for them once it has befallen them and accept it and be pleased with it if it is possible and be thankful for what Allah has afflicted us with because what He has afflicted us with, if we accept it and are patient with it, then indeed it will achieve a great reward in the next life 
and it might remove one's sins and raise them or their status or their place in paradise. This hadith has been reported by Imam Muslim in his Sahih and as well by Imam Ahmed in the Musnad and Ibn Majah in his Sunan. The Shaykh says the general meaning of this hadith is that since Islam has called the people to inhabit and to flourish and to develop this world that we are living in and to rectify and to improve the society that we are living in the Prophet ﷺ therefore ordered every Muslim بِالْعَمَلَ jad. The translator has translated that he has ordered us with jihad but the Shaykh said he has ordered كُلَّ Muslim بِالْعَمَلَ jad with tahseel. He has ordered that every Muslim should work hard should be serious in their work and try to achieve with tahseel and try to achieve that is the meaning of the saying of the Prophet ﷺ it means be serious and work hard and go after it uh, and try to achieve going after it, working hard seeking help to achieve that seeking help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala متجنباً للعجز ومواطنه and avoiding and staying far away from العجز Yani the feeling of incapacity that one is incapable or unable to do something and that yani and the, the things that yani lead to that. And that a person should not open the way to blaming themselves for what they have done or remorse or regret if that which they were seeking has passed them by. Yani when you say, Now if I had did this it opens the way for you to feel remorse in yourself that something has passed you by if I had not if I had gone if I had not gone there then you feel more remorse because you feel like if I had not gone there this wouldn't have happened look what situation I'm in instead of saying Qadr Allah wa Allah has decreed it accept it surrender yourself and accept what Allah has decreed for you indeed it is based on wisdom because this leads a person yani the, this expression leads a person to displeasure and impatience but what is expected of the believer is that he should turn his affair over to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani my affair is with Allah. And he should have hope in, he should give himself hope in the fact that what has happened, it is by Allah's qada and Allah's qadr. So that shaitan will not have a way over him in order to agitate him and instigate him and to upset him and to rock and shake his iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the qadr of Allah and the qadr of Allah uh, in this way so that the believer, what is expected from the believer is to submit and recognize that whatever happens is by Allah's decree the Shaykh has mentioned 10 fawaid or 10 points from this hadith and Shaykh al-Uthaymeen has also mentioned 10 points and many of them are different than these 10 points for that reason I have attempted to compile them yani the 10 points of Shaykh al-Qur'awi first from the original book that we are reading from and some of the points of Shaykh Muhammad Salih Uthaymeen rahimahullah the first of the points from Al-Jadid the Shah of Qara'awi Hafidhullah is that Al-Akhs Bil-Asbab La Yunafi At-Tawakkul yani that taking precautions or attending to the means to achieve something it is not a negation it is not a contradiction to Tawakkul that a believer At-Tawakkul it means that he puts his trust in Allah and relies upon Allah and depends upon Allah and has faith in Allah 
while also taking the necessary measures to achieve uh, what one desires or to protect oneself from what one may want to be protected from. Number two, that insan la musayyir, that the human being is mukhayyir, he has a choice to do. He is not musayyir, forced to do something. Yani the qadr of Allah doesn't mean that we are forced to do something. No, Allah has not forced us to do something, but He has given us a choice. And we are therefore responsible for our actions. And this is the proper understanding of Al-Khadr Al-Qadr Al-Islam. Number three, that Al-Ajiz inability, feeling incapable, yunafi al-isti'ana billah. That this is a contradiction. It is a contradiction to one seeking help from Allah. Whenever you seek help from Allah, how can you feel incapable? When Allah is the one who is helping you. It is a contradiction. Number four, the prohibition of al-isti'ana bi-ghayrillah. That it is haram to seek help from other than Allah. In that which only Allah is capable of doing. And it is not haram to seek help from someone in that which they are capable of doing. Which the human being is capable of doing. But it is haram to seek help from other than Allah in that which only Allah has the power over. Number five, that al-Islam encourages that a person should work and produce to be workers and, be, and to be productive, not to be lazy. Number six, the prohibition of opposing or rejecting the qadr of Allah and the qadha of Allah. Number seven, that the good and the evil of khayr wa shar are both decreed from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number eight and nine mention two of the characteristics or the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the confirmation of al-mashia, that Allah has a will. Ala waj in the way that is suitable and appropriate to the majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah has a will his will is that will which is appropriate for his divine being number nine is that al-fi'l lillahi ta'ala yani confirmation that al-fi'l action it is one of the characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as the Prophet sallallahu told us to say qadr Allah wa ma sha'a fa'ala that whatever Allah willed he has done it number ten al-iman bil-qadr that believing in the Qadr, and this is very important, the believers should emphasize and concentrate on and reflect upon the Iman in the divine decree because it is a healing for the hearts and it is also a rest and comfort and stability of the souls. And whoever understands what is Qadr al and accepts it, it will be a healing for the sickness of the hearts and it will be a rest and a means of satisfaction and stability for one's soul when you know that whatever happens it is by Allah's decree, it could not have been avoided. There is no way to escape from what Allah has decreed. Uh, Shaykh Al-Uthaymeen also mentions here, Isbat Al-Mahabba for Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala as another sifa, and that is from the beginning of the hadith that Shaykh Muhammad Ibn Abdul Wahab has now mentioned, that is, that the Al-Mu'min Al-Qawi Khayrun Wa Ahabbu Ila Allah, that the strong believer is better and more beloved to Allah. So also, from the sifat of Allah is Al-Mahabba. Then he said, اختلاف الناس في قوة الإيمان That there is a difference between the people and the strength or the weakness of their Iman. And that is also based on the beginning of the hadith, المؤمن القوي والمؤمن الدعيف That the believers are not all equal in the strength or weakness of their Iman. Number four, زيارة الإيمان ونقصانه That Iman increases and decreases because القوة, it means, يعني strength of Iman, it means that there is increase. And الضعف, weakness, it means that there is decrease. And the Shaykh has made a lengthy discussion concerning this. However, I need to take the rest of our time to explain it. It is an important issue, increase and decrease of Iman 
How of it is something that we have discussed on a number of occasions in other books. Number four, that the mu'min, the believer, even if his iman is weak, that still there is khair, there is goodness in him. Uh, then the shaykh said in point number eight of his ten points, that that which the human being has no power to do, then he might use as a proof for him in what has happened, qadr. And if the thing that he has no power over, he can use as an excuse, qadr. If he has no power over the matter, he can say Allah has decreed it. Naam. And this is based on the saying of the Prophet And if something happens that you have no control, then say Allah has decreed it. Accept it. However, as for that thing which the person has ability over, then he may not use as a proof qadr. He may not say that it was Allah's decree that I didn't help you. While well, he's able to help you, he cannot use that as an excuse. Or no, in his sins, that he has committed a sin and then say it is Allah's decree that I was going to sin. Don't blame me. Number nine, he said that shaitan has an effect on the human beings. And this is based on the saying of the Prophet shaitan. That indeed, law, the use of this word, if, it opens the works of shaitan. That means shaitan has an ability to affect the human being. And the Prophet also said in that which is reported in Bukhari Muslim, that shaitan goes through the bloodstream of the human being like our blood goes through, and it goes through the human being just like our blood uh, flows through, or like, uh, and shaitan goes through the, the bloodstream of, of, of the human being, like our blood goes through our body. The Shaykh says here, the relationship of this hadith to the chapter under discussion is that this hadith indicates the prohibition of resistance or opposition to what Allah has decreed, and its relationship to Tawheed is that it indicates the obligation to submit to and surrender to the Qadr of Allah, because that is part of the perfection of a tawheed. Uh, the masail that Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab has mentioned at the end of this chapter, which are not in the explanation, the jadid. Uh, quickly, these masail and the, or the brief explanations of Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Taymin, as he has explained them, the first of them, and there are six, the first of them is the explanation of these two ayahs from Surah Al-Imran. Yani, those two ayahs are dealing with the saying of the hypocrites that if you had listened to us, if you had remained behind, then you would not have been killed. Yani their opposition and rejection of what Allah has decreed that if they had done such and so, they could have prevented the decree of Allah. The second issue is the prohibition. Nahi as-sarih and law. Yani that there is a clear prohibition from using the word if law ida Yani if something afflicts you, that you shouldn't say if I had done this, then it would not have happened. Uh, the third issue is the explanation ta'lil al-mas'ala yani that the reason for all of this this whole discussion is because using such an expression and thinking in this way it opens the way for the works of a shaitan uh, that is that he begins to whisper to the human being and cause them to have regret and remorse and grief that they don't have to experience if they would just surrender and accept that what has happened is Allah's decree then guidance to the al-kalam al-hasan, yani to good speech. What is the good speech that one should say instead of saying if such and such and so and so? And he said that, yani irshad or guidance from the Prophet ﷺ is that if something afflicts someone, they should say qadr Allahu wa ma That Allah has decreed it, or it is the free of the free of Allah, and He does whatever He wills. The fifth issue is that we have been commanded to have hirs to be eager and to go after and, and exert ourselves to achieve that which is beneficial 
Yani along with seeking help from Allah. Yani make the effort and also seek help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the sixth point, it is the prohibition from the opposite of that. Yani al-ajiz, that a person should not feel incapable. We are prohibited from taking the attitude that we are incapable uh, of doing something. Naam. The questions... The questions at the end of this chapter that we have mentioned, the first of them quickly, what was the sabab and nuzul, the reason for the revelation of these verses? The sabab and nuzul of these two verses in this chapter were the battle of Uhud, when the hypocrites argued against the believers that if they had listened to us and remained behind, they would not have been killed. And if they would not have been killed in jihad, it is interesting that uh, they should say such. While the true believers, and he would never make such an expression, the true believer would have said, Alhamdulillah that you have gone forth, and Allah has given you shahada fi sabirillah. But they said, it is sad and unfortunate. It would have been better if you remained behind, you would not have been killed. You would not have died as a shaheed fi sabirillah. The second question, why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blame those who said these words? He blamed them because such words express their claim that taking certain precautions or means, as they said in this case, remaining behind, would have prevented what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed, and whatever Allah wills, it has to be. And if it is his irada al-qawniyah, then whatever he wills will be, and whatever he does not will, it will never be. The third question, what is the hukum or legal ruling concerning the use of the word law, if only? The legal ruling concerning it is that it is prohibited to use it as an expression of rejection or resistance or opposition to what Allah has decreed. However, there is a long discussion about the use of law in reference to things of the future and that which is good or clarification or clarification of what is preferable and in that case it is allowed. Yani, there is a blameworthy use of law and there is a praiseworthy use of it. In this way where it is an expression of rejection of what Allah has decreed, it is prohibited. However, there are certain usages for it which we have mentioned in the introduction from Shaykh Abdulaziz ibn Baz which show that in some cases it is allowed. What is the reason for the prohibition of the use of the expression law? Before this question also, it is important to note here that even if a person uses law in reference to that which is in the future, and if they said, if such and such happens, then I will do so and so, if they are saying it as a means to say that if this happened, I would try to do good, or I would have done good, or I would like to have done good, then it is okay. However, if they use it, in a manner that expresses their feeling of greatness and authority and power such as those of the tyrants and the criminal disbelievers who say that if this will happen I will do this as though Allah's decree has nothing to do with it that they have power over Allah's decree then this is also rejected and it is not allowed uh, what is the reason for the prohibition of the use of the expression law? Yani, because it, it is prohibited because it, is, it shows that uh, somebody has rejected what Allah has decreed. If it is in reference to that which has happened in the past and they are not satisfied with what Allah has decreed. Number five, it says, if a believer re- is a believer required to take precautions from danger, explain. Yani, the believer is required to take precautions from danger and also to take the necessary measures to achieve that which they want of good. However, 
Taking precautions from danger is no guarantee that you will not be afflicted. Nor taking the necessary measures to achieve something, it is no guarantee that you will achieve it. But we still should take the measures and then seek help from Allah and we should not feel incapable and then whatever Allah has decreed we accept it. Number six, what should one say at the time of calamity or misfortune? The Prophet ﷺ said, instead of saying if, you should say, Allah has decreed it and he does and whatever he wills, then he has done it. Uh, and also, in some of the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, when somebody, when a calamity afflicts them, or news came to them of a calamity, they may say, إِنَّ لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّ إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ That verily, it, is, it belongs to Allah, and, and to Him we will return. Yani we belong to Allah, meaning that He has control and authority over us to do with us as He wills. إِنَّ لِلَّهِ That verily, we belong to Allah. Whatever he does, he has the right and authority to do so. وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ And to him we will return, meaning that we accept and submit to what he has decreed for us, since he has the right to do what he wants with us, because we know we are going to return to him. And we are pleased with what he has decreed, hoping for his reward when we return to him in the next life. When is it allowed to seek help? al from other than Allah. It is allowed to seek help from other than Allah and that which the human being has the ability to do. Mention some of the sifat or characteristics of Allah mentioned in this hadith. And in this hadith, it is mentioned from the sifat of Allah, uh, al-mahabba, love, and also uh, the mashia, the will of Allah, and al-fi'l, that Allah has as his one of his characteristics, action. Mention some of the fawaid or benefits from this chapter. Yani those fawaid are contained in these questions and in the text of the evidences. Uh, the next chapter, which is very brief, and inshallah I will try to take it in the remaining time. Uh, it is one hadith, and here Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab rahimahullah has mentioned this chapter, Babun and Nahyu, and Sab al-Rih, the prohibition from Sab, yani cursing, or criticizing, or mentioning the defect, or speaking abusively against the wind, the wind, al-Rih, yani if a strong wind, a severe wind, or a cold wind, or a hot wind afflicts someone with discomfort, he shouldn't abuse the wind, or speak ill of the wind, or curse the wind. Because the wind, it is only a creature of the creatures of Allah, doesn't have any power, it is controlled by Allah, it only moves when Allah orders it, and it does whatever Allah has ordered it to do, therefore it is prohibited to curse the wind. Cursing the wind, in fact, results in cursing, or abusing the one who controls the wind and causes it to do what it does, and that is, it's Rabb, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Shaykh al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab says, An Ubay ibn Kaab, Rabbi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, La tasubbu ar-rih. Don't curse or abuse or use abusive language in one's speech against the wind. فَإِذَا رَأَيْتُمْ مَا تَقْرَهُونَ But if you see that which you dislike, مَا تَقْرَهُونَ يعني in the wind, if you see something, if you are afflicted, or you are affected by the heat of the wind, or the coldness of the wind, or the severity of the wind, فَإِذَا رَأَيْتُمْ مَا تَقْرَهُونَ Meaning in reference to the wind, if you see that which you dislike in the wind, فَقُولُوا then the Prophet ﷺ ordered us to say this. 
don't curse the wind and say something evil against the wind, but say, Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri hadhi ar-rih wa khayri ma fiha wa khayri ma umirat bihi. Oh Allah, we ask of you the khayr that is in this wind, the good that is in this wind. That the good of this wind, wa khayri ma fiha, and the good that is in this wind, wa khayri ma umirat bihi, and the goodness of what it has been ordered with. What the wind has been commanded to bring, or to do, or to cause, of destruction or good. Yani that we seek the goodness of this wind, and the goodness that is in this wind, and the goodness of what it has been commanded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with. وَنَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ شَرِّ هَذِهِ الْرِيحِ And we seek refuge in you, meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from the evil of this wind. If it contains some evil, وَشَرِّ مَا فِيهَا And the evil that is in it. وَشَرِّ مَا أُمِرَتْ بِهِ And the evil of what it has been commanded with. صَحَّحَهُ التِّرْمِذِي And Al-Imam Al-Tirmidhi rahimahullah has declared this hadith to be sahih. And actually some of the scholars said concerning this hadith that it has some defect it contains in the narrator. And the Isnad Habib ibn Abi Thabit who is Thiqa Faqih Jaleel. He is a reliable narrator. He is a scholar of fiqh. He is a noble scholar. However, كَانَ كَثِيرُ الْإِرْسَالِ وَالتَّدْلِيسِ وَقَدْ عَنْ He used to make irsal a lot. And also, he used to practice at tadlis. And in this case, he used the expression عَنْ And according to the rules of Musallah Hadith, the narrator who is known for tadlis, meaning that he hides his shaykh or deletes him sometimes, if he narrates with the expression عَنْ his hadith would not be accepted. However, this hadith has a number of Shawahid or any supporting narrations which strengthen it and therefore Al-Imam Al-Tirmidhi has declared it to be in the Sunan he said Hassan Sahih Yani is a good and acceptable hadith and Shaykh Al-Albani Rahimahullah and Sahih Al-Jami Al-Saghir is also declared to be Sahih the Shaykh Al-Qarawi Hafizahullah he says concerning the meaning of this hadith that since Islam has ordered the people with Makaram Al-Akhlaq with good noble character and has prohibited them from the opposite from nonsense and acting ignorant for this reason the messenger of Allah has prohibited abusive speech against the wind or cursing it and that is because the wind it is makhluqa is only a creation of the of the creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it does not remain still nor does it move nor does it benefit or harm except by the command of Allah Therefore, cursing or abusing the wind is abusing the one who controls it. That is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is part of his tawheed al-rububiyyah. That he is the khaliq, the creator. He is the malik, the one who owns and possesses. That he is the mudabbir, the one who controls the affairs of everything in this universe. Therefore, whoever curses that which happens in the universe especially from the creatures that have no will and no power of their own, then they are cursing the one who controls them, the mudabbir, the rabb. And this is a violation of Tawheed al-Rububiyya. Then the Shaykh says, uh, he said, then the Prophet ﷺ informed us that this wind, it might carry or bring some good or some evil. Therefore it is upon the Muslim to ask or to seek and request from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the good of the wind and to seek refuge from the evil of the wind might carry some good or it might carry some evil therefore we ask Allah for its good and seek refuge from its evil then the shaykh says three points from this hadith 
The first of them is the prohibition, tahrim, of cursing the wind. The second of them is istihbab, the commendability of using the supplication that is mentioned in this hadith, that the Prophet ﷺ has mentioned in this hadith, if, some sees in the, see, if someone sees or experiences or is affected by something harmful to them from the wind, that they should supplicate with this supplication. Oh Allah, we ask of you the good of this wind and the good that is in this wind and the good that it has been ordered with and we seek refuge in you from the evil of this wind or the evil that is in it and the evil that it has been commanded with. And number three, he said, the legislation of making dua. That dua is legislated in Islam. وَإِثْبَاتْ نَفْعِهِ And the confirmation that supplication in fact benefits. The relationship of this hadith to the chapter under discussion is that this hadith indicates the prohibition of cursing. Sub. Cursing the wind. Or abusing the wind. Using abusive language. And number two, the relationship of this hadith to the general topic of a tawheed is that this, in this hadith we have a prohibition from abusing the wind because abusing it is abusing the mudabbir, the one who controls it and that is a negation or a nullification of a tawheed. Uh, the material at the end of the chapter, Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab has mentioned and there's a brief explanation from Sheikh Muhammad bin Salil Uthaymeen. The first issue is the prohibition of cursing the wind. And the Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen rahimahullah says that this prohibition is for tahreem. It is absolutely prohibited. It is not makruh, means it is haram. Because cursing the wind is cursing the one who created the wind and who sent it. That is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is haram. The second issue is al-irshad ila al-kalam al-nafi. Al-irshad, guiding to that speech which is beneficial if someone sees that which they dislike. Yani the Prophet ﷺ, he told us what is beneficial to say instead of cursing and abusing but we should say that which is beneficial yani we should supplicate uh, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from the evil or the harm of that thing and seek the good of it and also we should take the necessary means to protect ourselves from it by going indoors or getting behind something or whatever one has to do in order to be protected from the harm of that thing that you see some harm in. Number three, the guidance to the fact that that the wind is ma'amura, that it is under the command. It is under the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It doesn't have any will of its own. And this is proven by the saying of, of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi what it has been commanded with. Yani, it is a creature that has been commanded. It doesn't have any power of its own. Number four, uh, that the wind, in some cases perhaps, it will be ordered with khair. And in some cases, it will be ordered with sharr. And sometimes the wind has been ordered by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring about some good. And it might be ordered to bring about some harm. And this is understood from the saying of the Prophet ﷺ, seeking refuge or asking Allah for the khayri ma umirat bihi and seeking refuge from the sharr ma umirat bihi. Yani, seeking the good of what it has been commanded with and seeking refuge from the evil of what it has been commanded with. And then the Shaykh closes this point by saying the summary of the matter is that a person it is obligatory on the human being that they do not oppose or resist the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or his qada, his execution of what he has decreed by cursing the wind or that which they see something harmful in but that the person should submit themselves to Allah's command, his universal command yani what he has ordered to happen in the universe he, has, he, he must submit himself to what Allah has decreed 
in the universe just as it is obligatory on him to submit himself li amrihi as sharai just as the believer knows he has to submit to Allah's legal commands yani in the Quran Allah ordered us to pray and he ordered us to fast and we have to obey it Likewise, Allah is the one who ordered whatever happens in the creation to happen and we also have to submit to and accept it in the same way because these things are only creatures. They don't have any ability to do anything. It is only by the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, the questions at the end of this uh, chapter, what is the hukum shari or the legal ruling concerning sub or abusive speech towards the wind? Yani that it is prohibited. It is haram. It's not allowed that one may use abusive speech against the wind or as in an earlier chapter Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab mentioned cursing the time at dahr because it is not allowed to do so if we mean time itself passing then whatever happens in that time whether it is harmful or calamity or affliction whatever has happened it is by Allah's decree cursing Allah's creatures or what Allah has ordered to happen in the universe it is forbidden. What is the illa or reason or cause for this ruling concerning cursing or abusing the wind? The reason for the prohibition of cursing or abusing the wind is because the wind doesn't have any power of its own. It is ma'amura. It is muqaddara. It is commanded. It is under the decree of Allah. It only does what Allah has ordered it to do. Therefore, whoever is displeased with what it does, they are displeased with what Allah has decreed. And what Allah has ordered to do, that is displeasure with Allah. Cursing it means cursing Allah. Sub or abusing the wind is a violation of which type of tawheed? It is a violation of tawheed al-rububiyah. Because whatever happens from the winds or the other any forces of nature is what Allah has decreed. And this comes under his rububiyah. That he is the creator, that he is the owner, and he is the one who controls the affairs of this universe. What is the dua or supplication legislated here? Or its general meaning? The dua is Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri hadihi ar-rih wa min khayri ma fiha wa min khayri ma umirat bi that we seek refuge in the or we ask Allah for the good of what is in this wind the good of this wind and the good that is in it and the good that it has been ordered with and likewise wa na'udhu bika من شر هذه الريح وشر ما فيها وشر ما أمرت به and we seek refuge in you O Allah from the evil of this wind and the evil that it is in it and the evil that it has been ordered with and this hadith or this supplication makes us to know that one should act for good in everything that Allah has created from him and that we should seek refuge from evil the evil that is in anything that Allah has created we should seek refuge in Him because He is the one who controls those things and He is the one that orders it with good or with evil and therefore seeking the good should be from Allah and seeking refuge in the evil should be from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, hmm? Also concerning this chapter, since there is time, and before we take any questions, there is some benefit. Uh, Sheikh Abdul Aziz ibn Abdul ibn Baz in his taliqat or his comments, brief comments concerning Kitab al-Tawheed he also said concerning this second chapter that since cursing the wind and other of the creatures of Allah it is a defect in one's iman and a fault in one's tawheed cursing the creatures it is a defect 
in one's Iman and a fault in their Tawheed. For this reason, the author, meaning Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, has brought this matter to our attention so that the believer will know that the rest of sinful actions also, the other sinful actions are also a defect in a Tawheed and a defect in one's Iman and it weakens one's Iman. And then he said, and Al-Iman increases and decreases. And likewise, at Tawheed increases and decreases. And cursing the wind, it decreases one's Iman, because the wind is a creature controlled by the one who has sent it with good or with evil. So don't curse the wind, but the believer should act, should act in accordance with what the Messenger of Allah وسلم, has ordered us within this hadith. That is, seek, seek the good of that wind from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and seek refuge from the evil of that wind from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, if there are any questions or any comments or corrections in the time remaining, perhaps we can take 10 minutes or so, uh, take some questions or clarification on what has been discussed. Now, the problem. Allahu alam, but some of the scholars have explained it as though the meaning is the same. Yani they have, in their explanations, they have explained it as the goodness of the wind and the good in the wind as one thing, and the goodness that it has been ordered with as another. So they have, many of the scholars have explained it in this way as though they are the same. However, there is no doubt that the speech of the Prophet ﷺ, there has to be some benefit in expressing even that which is similar in a different way. And perhaps, yani the meaning, it may be that the goodness of the wind is the goodness in the nature of the wind itself. And the goodness that is in the wind is the goodness that the wind carries. Yani what it may carry from outside of it. Yani the wind, when it passes through the land, it picks up things. It might pick up disease or that which is harmful to the human being. That is different from the wind itself, its effect on the creatures. So it is perhaps yani, in this way that there is a distinction. As Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen has discussed this matter in detail, however, it's a lengthy discussion, not possible to cover. However, he has hinted at this type of meaning, that the wind itself has an effect, and that which the wind carries from, out, from that which is not part of it, in its traveling through the earth, also has an effect. That could be good or could be bad, and then what it has been commanded with by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also may be good and bad, Allah knows best. Any other question? Any questions from the sisters? Naam Omar. Jazakallah khair. If you say, if I think it would have been better if I had done that, if you mean by that, that after what has happened, you realize now that you have done an action which was incorrect or improper. If you realize that now, and you mean I think, you mean that I have realized now that if I had done something else, it was a better action to do. Yani for example, if you had disobeyed your mother when she told you not to do such and such and so and so, and then as a result of that you got a nice punishment. <laughs> Then after that you said, hmm, I realize now that if I had obeyed her it would have been better. 
It means that you understood now what was better to do. Not that you are rejecting Allah's decree. That is okay. That is okay. It is okay to realize what is better. But you should make clear, yani, and it should be clear to you, that you don't mean to reject what Allah has decreed, but you only mean that I have learned a lesson from this. I have learned my lesson, and now I will not do this again. Insha'Allah. Of the benefits from which uh, place? The last hadith from the first bab. Now, it says of the, under the benefits, what number? Number one, now. Yeah, it is a mistake also. Unfortunately, there are really a lot of mistakes in the translation. I don't have the time to point all of them out. But actually, the Shaykh has said here, Al-Akhf bil-Asbab la yunafi at-tawakkul. And he has translated that it doesn't negate a tawheed. And there are a number of other mistakes, unfortunately. But uh, in any case, any overall, it is of benefit. However, it requires some review. And that's why, whenever I can, I try to mention some points where there is a difference. And I have on many occasions read the Arabic expressions on some places. Many of the times why I read the Arabic expression is because in the translation there is a different meaning, just so that the Arabic expression will be, a, be there and you can compare it. However, it's just too difficult to point out all of the errors. In, in, in fact, the correct uh, statement of what the Shaykh has said is tawakkul. And Allah knows best, unless, unless, and Allah only knows, unless the translator has used a different edition of this book, an earlier edition or a later edition, and the Shaykh has changed his wording, Allahu A'lam, I don't know about that, but that is also possible. That is also possible. Uh, from the sisters, can we say about the future? If you do such and such, then such and such will happen, insha'Allah. What is the proper way to express that something bad could happen? I fear that saying insha'Allah may show the desire for this to happen. No, I mean insha'Allah doesn't mean you have a desire for something to happen. However, in speaking about the future, it is proper for a Muslim to say what they expect to happen, what is likely to happen, to say this may happen. If you do such and such and so on, so this may happen. And it is, it is, there's no harm in saying inshallah. It means that you are acknowledging that it may happen if Allah decrees it. If Allah decrees it. So if somebody says that if you keep going with those bad people, then you're going to get in trouble. That is what is likely to happen. There's no harm in saying, inshallah, not that you desire that to happen, but you are acknowledging that this is what is likely to happen, but it's not guaranteed. All of it is with the will of Allah. In general, in speaking about the future, we should say, inshallah. Uh, since there's still a few moments remaining and there are no more questions, Yani Sheikh Abdurrahman al-Sa'adi, Rahimahullah, the Sheikh of Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen. He has also given some discussion concerning the chapter of Law. Bayab Majafil Law. And it is a lengthy discussion. And what he has said in summary here is that the use of this expression, if, he said it is of two types. Madhmoom, blameworthy, and Mahmood, praiseworthy. So that this, the use of this expression in some cases, and that is what is intended by Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, it is blameworthy, madhmoom. But in some cases it is mahmood, praiseworthy, and it is allowed and it is praiseworthy. 
As for the madhmoom, he said, it is when something that you don't like happens, and you said if I had done such and such and so and so, then this would have happened, then this is from shaitan, and this is the blameworthy use of it. And he says, for two reasons. Number one, because it opens the door or the way for a person to feel regret and dissatisfaction and grief and sorrow. And this door should be closed. It should not be opened by saying loud. It should be closed. Because there's no benefit in saying so. If I had done this, if there's no benefit. It has already happened. It will not be turned back. The second reason why it is blameworthy is because it is so adab ala Allah. Yani that the person who does so, it is a means, it is bad, evil, adab with Allah. It is not proper behavior that a person has with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when they say such a thing. And it is also, yani, because of the rejection of the Qadr of Allah. Indeed, all of the affairs, whatever happens, the minor thing as well as the major thing, uh, it is all by the Qadr of Allah and His and his decree and his execution uh, and it had to happen if Allah has decreed it there is no way that it can be rejected so whoever says if I had done such and so and so or if I had done this then this would have happened it is a type of ertirad or rejection or resistance and it is also a type of weakness of iman in one's belief in the qadr of Allah and his qadr and a person's tawheed would not be completed until they avoid these two things. Then he says, as for the praiseworthy use of law, it is like a person having hope for something good to happen. Tamanni lil khair. That a person has hope that something good will happen. Like the saying of the Prophet al-hadi. Yani, if I had if I was to meet in the future this same matter which has passed me by, then I wouldn't have brought my any hadji, sacrificial animal. And I would have entered ihram for umrah, as he ordered his companions to do, reported by Bukhari Muslim. And likewise, the saying of a person who hopes for some good, if he said, if I had the likeness of wealth like so-and-so, then I would have done with it like what he has done. And if I had wealth like this rich man and he is spending it in the way of Allah, if I had wealth like that, then I would also have spent it in the way of Allah this is tamanni al-khair, tamanni lil-khair. And he hoping for good, it is permissible to say so. And like the saying of the Prophet ﷺ reported by Al-Bukhari and Muslim, لَوْ صَبَرَ أَخِي مُوسَىٰ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامُ لَقَصَّ اللَّهِ عَلِيْنَا مِنْ نَبَائِهِمَا 